0: Hello and welcome to a new podcast from Dromoland Castle in County Clare, Ireland. This is If These Walls Could Talk. In this series, we'll hear about the history of Dromoland Castle, the people who work there, and what's on offer to our guests on the vast estate and in the magnificent county of Clare. On today's episode we meet Managing Director of Dramoland Castle, Mark Nolan. For over three decades, Mark Nolan has been at the helm of Dramoland Castle, behind which there is an amount of history. The castle is one of the most famous in Ireland and was once the ancestral home of the O'Briens, the barons of Inchiquin, who were direct descendants of Brian Baru, one of the last High Kings of Ireland. While some elements of Dromoland Castle date all the way back to the 11th century, most of the structure hails from the early 1800s. Today, many of the castle's impressive rooms, such as the drawing room and main lounge, appear as they did when the O'Briens occupied the grounds. The castle sits on an estate of over 450 acres, which includes gardens similar in appearance to those at Versailles near Paris, while a yew tree gallery on the grounds dates back to 1740. Located just 15 minutes from Shannon Airport, this luxurious five-star hotel and resort has welcomed royalty, world leaders, as well as sports, music and big screen icons. Mark Nolan takes up the story.
1: It was, as you know, the seat of the O'Brien family, the first High King of Ireland, Brian Boru. But in more recent times, it was bought by a North American gentleman called Bernard McDonough. And he, he had one great influencer in, in the Shannon region, and that was Dr. Brendan O'Regan. And I think anybody that talks about anything Shannon, airport, hospitality, Brendan O'Regan's name is never far, far from it. He inveigled, I would say, Bernard McDonough to invest in the, in the castle. Now, Bernard's vision as to how he would operate this business was that it would be Americans only. And only Americans would be welcome. They'd come in and the first charter flight in May to Shannon. And once the last charter left in September, you closed the doors. And that was his business model for many years. Now, in fairness to Bernard... He developed quite another few hotels. And in fact, at one stage, he had, I think, six hotels between Limerick. He had the Limerick Inn. He had Bernard, he had quite a few hotels. So he was a serial, serial entrepreneur. And I, I sadly only met the man once when I was actually working in Ashford Castle. But there's some incredible stories about the man. I mean, one particular story. He, he always loved testing the staff here at the hotel. And there was a very Eamon Gardner, who's another legend. Unfortunately, Eamon passed away a number of years ago. But Eamon left uh, here when he was about 82, 82, 83. Uh, Funny, I I said to him, Eamon, look, I just want you to be ambassador. I want you to be around the front lobby of the hotel. And he said, Mr. Nolan, he said, as long as I can't carry any more suitcases, I'm not interested in being (laughs) in this hotel. But anyway, that, that was Eamon. But Bernard had funny notions. And he would go into the drawing room here, which is just to our left, and he'd do something, he'd, he'd upset the, the format of the room and he'd invite maybe five or six key members of staff to see if they could identify what was changed in the room. And if they could identify, I mean, this is bonkers, 40, 50 years ago, he would give them like $50. I mean, he would give them more than you would pay somebody in a month or two wow. two months. Bernard was a great character like that. The other great story about Bernard, well, there's loads of them. But he went up to the inn at what we call the inn at the Mole, which then obviously was the Clare Inn. And he went up one day for lunch, and he got a smell of cooking from the kitchen, and he said, "What's what's what's wrong with this?" He said, you know, very illogically, he said, "I'm getting into that chef. He's not looking after that kitchen." And of course, it was nothing to do with the chef. It was, a, it was a, an engineering issue they had with the extract. But anyway, so the, the chef was fired and you could do that in those days and off you. But anyway, Bernard was being driven back by another legend of this village, Newmarket and Fergus, Pat Kyo, whose son now is running a very successful show, um, for, business. Look yes. show for business. But anyway, Pat Kyo was driving him back from the inn to Drumoland and he was coming up the hill, and there was a guy coming. Bernard said to Pat, "Pull in there. I want to, I will hitch up this gun." He said, well, "We're only got." He said, "I want to take this guy on." And he was, very, he always wanted to listen to the locals and see if there was anything he could find out. So always yeah. very curious. He established. He started talking to this guy. What do you do? He said, "I'm a chef." Oh, really? He said, "Yeah, yeah." He said, uh, "What are you doing now?" He said, "Well, I'm doing nothing actually at the moment." He said, "Well, I've just got rid of my chef." He said in the inn. He said. You can start working there. And wasn't the chef he had just fired from the inn? He he offered him his job back without knowing.
0: What about the castle itself, the building, the structure? What's so special about it?
1: Well, I I suppose it's gone through a few complete remakes over the years. Bernard McDonough sold it then to a consortia headed up by a guy called Bill Dowling. And what he did was he got a group of uh, wealthy investors. Uh, There were mainly stockbrokers, Solomon Brothers. He targeted groups. And he created this Delaware corporation, which meant that you had, in theory, airspace. So if somebody bought, and that was the way the investment worked, you bought a suite in the hotel and you bought the airspace, uh, which was very impractical because you couldn't finance and do anything with the with the property. Yeah. So in latter years, we refinanced it and made, made it into an Irish corporation where you could actually borrow from the bank. But it got completely redone, remade. At that time, when uh, Bill Dowling took it over. Well, obviously, originally, Bernard MacDonald and then subsequently then in 73 it got a huge makeover again and again when th- this company took it over in 88 so a complete uh, redo I suppose what makes it unique is everybody says it's like it's like being in somebody's home uh, and yes. it really is we, and uh, we've been very fortunate to have interior designers over the years that have very much kept that feel of the place that it's literally like a home when you walk through the place people say gosh it's extraordinary it's, it's really home from home Um, So that's the very nice thing about it. We've, as I said, been very sympathetic in the interior designers we've had. And of course, what we've tried to do is very subtly hide stuff that's like the technology with Wi-Fi, obviously. Yes. But everything works. We've, you know, and most recently then, we've just finished a 20 million uh, reinvestment in the castle that finished last January. Just ready for COVID-19. Gosh. The rest rest is history. But you know what? We're we're very fortunate. We have a group of... uh, fantastic uh, shareholders who have been very supportive of us uh, both financially and at an emotional level very much involved with this you know regular call Zoom has become our, our, our communication tool I think it's become everybody's yes. communication tool but just very helpful they're very proud of their investment in Ireland and um, they use it a lot to give for charities nights in their castle and I you know so it's a lovely thing from there now it's, It's got to be profitable, obviously, as well. Now, this year, we'll uh, change that slightly. But, you know, we're, we're certainly very optimistic we'll see a return of some level of business.
0: What about Mark Nolan himself? How did he get into hospitality and work at two of the country's top five-star resorts?
1: I was listening to an interview recently with somebody else and they said, the major influence you're going to have in your career is your mother. And you know what? I follow suit. When I was at the tender age of 16, 17, she said, you know what? I think you should go into the hotel business. So our career guidance guy in, in school, I was in school in Dublin, he, he kind of concurred. He said, yeah, you know, I was reasonably sociable kind of person. The derogatory thing about that would be to say I wasn't suited to the academics. But of course, but that's all changed now. But anyway, I got into the hotel business primarily through my mother and an opportunity that presented itself when I was down in the west of Ireland uh, staying beside Ashford Castle at the time. And a good friend of mine was working in Ashford. I met him in the pub that night. Oh, I must have been older. But anyway, he said to me, <laughs> He said, do you know what, you should go up, upstairs, they cannot get staff. And this I'm talking about now, I'm in this business a long time. But you couldn't get staff or love the money to work in the, in, in the hotel industry. I'm talking about like the 70s. And he said, you should go up. And I said, gosh, I'm bored, you know, I'm, I'm driving my parents cracked in this. So that's what I'll do. I'll go up, it went, interviewed on a Wednesday, I think, and carried my first tray from uh, the restaurant into the kitchen wash up on Thursday." And the rest is history to a certain extent. In Ashford
0: Castle. In Ashford Castle, Castle, Castle.
1: yeah. Was there anybody in the family
0: working in hospitality? How did your mum and your career guidance? Uh,
1: Absolutely none. My mother was a very forward-thinking woman. She always saw kind of the positive. She's actually now the opportunity to wish her well. She's 101, 102 next June and in good order. But she always had the view that she wasn't very conventional in anything she ever did. She actually herself was a solicitor. My dad was a doctor and all my other sisters <laughs> followed the legal profession as well so i was certainly the the black sheep so there's absolutely no history of hospitality in our blood at all
0: how did you end up in drumoland castle
1: it, it's it's funny because sometimes opportunity comes and up they had just reopened uh, drumoland uh, i was in ashford 6 years i was 28 and um i didn't get interviewed for the job in in, here and which i was very disappointed in but i was i was i I suppose i was young at 28 years of age but anyway they did appoint somebody else and for a variety of reasons it didn't work out so maybe it's best let somebody (laughs) (laughs) go in but anyway anyway the, the long and the short of it is rory murphy who's been my mentor and my great friend all my all my hospitality life he was the general manager of Ashford Castle, and in his own day, one of the best-known hotel managers probably in Europe. But anyway, he brought me for a pint in uh, Berks and Clonbur on a Saturday night, on a Friday night, and he said, "Mark, he said, would would you be interested in being the general manager of Tremoulin Castle?" And I said, "Why? Why, why are you just saying this?" He said, "Because the general manager is leaving tomorrow. Um, would you be interested?" I came down the following day, Saturday. It was. My uh, sister-in-law's wedding day, which I missed... And I came down with the shirt shirt on my back, literally, and I went back up. It was literally, I was parachuted in. I was meant to be for maybe six months or a year until they got a solution. And 32 years later, I'm still here.
0: 32 years. Well, I know that um, uh, you have a personal interest in the business, obviously, as well. But 32 years for any hotel general manager to be in that position, that's pretty rare, isn't it?
1: It is pretty rare. And I I suppose, again, I mentioned the wonderful investors I had, but... One of the things they did was the investors um, gifted me a certain amount of shares in the property. Uh, they said, "Look, it's important that somebody that's going to be here has that vested interest." Now, I think I'd be interested because it's such an amazing place to work. It's an amazing; the whole thing is just kind of fairy tale stuff. But I, I think anyway, I would have been as motivated as I needed to be. But that certainly was a very a lovely thing for them to do uh, and it just did give me that personal interest i, I treat this as you know my own it is, <laughs> it is your home lord of the manor lord of the <laughs> manor well i'm not so sure about the lord bit, but anyway and of course lord ancient quinn lives still on the estate lord and lady Anchor quinn live in thomond house and uh, it's, it's nice to nice to be able to say that the lord ancient quinn still lives in the estate because americans love that piece of yes, history of course. They love that association.
0: Ireland and the Midwest are popular destinations for overseas visitors, particularly Americans, who enjoy luxury. Ireland has no shortage of quality hotels and Dromoland Castle is regularly listed as one of the best in the world. Despite the global pandemic, Mark and his team at Dromoland have remained busy, preparing for the day they can reopen those impressive
1: front doors once again. Do you know what? It's funny you should say it, Pat, because one of the things that we've certainly identified now, you know, it's funny, people say, what are you doing? You must, must be great. You must be having loads of holidays now when you're closed. I have never been busier trying to look at new business, new ways we're going to do business and anticipate what this world will be, and you know, or what it's going to look like. But one of the things that's repeated in the Zooms I've been on and the communications is the green footprint and sustainability and people will become much more conscious about efforts that hotels are making on a sustainable level and it's like a new luxury Um, and it's not just about like you know not wasting materials or recycling it's more about your involvement with the community and more about your whole relationship with the area in which you live in and it's much bigger than just a hotel. And that to us, and that's something we're beginning to really focus on in terms of going forward, and we're setting up a group to look at that whole thing, not just the green, green side of it, but just where we sit in our whole community and what we could do for our community. And I think those kind of things are the things that people will find important for them going forward. The traditional idea of luxury, of dripping chandeliers and gold, I think the world has been so shaken up that they're reevaluating exactly what's important to them. And I think relationship stuff, that certainly will be... uh, And the other big thing that we see happening in our industry is bubble travel. And that will be... Now, we've seen this in the last couple of years, multi-generational travel, you know, grandparents with their grandchildren and brothers and sisters. But more so, we will see going forward because people will be unsure about traveling. So wouldn't it be ideal to travel with eight or ten of your family. You'll sit in the same area in the plane together so you'll be comfortable within that. And you'll come and you'll stay in the hotel where you feel safe and secure. In actual fact, that's one area that we've really looked at and we've identified three areas of the hotel where you can literally live... In your castle, within the castle, in your independent dining area, etc. Just if you, just to give you that extra level of comfort, because there will be people will be nervous, and we see it ourselves. People are nervous when they get here, and after a couple of hours, they relax. Yes. but they're nervous, uh, and a lot of people that are coming to stay with us at the moment are people that it might be the first time they stayed. Uh, they've, st- they've been away from their home since March.
0: So, so the bubble concept had actually started before Covid. It,
1: it, it really had and that whole, but it wasn't driven by obviously a, a pandemic, mm-hmm. it was driven by I, I suppose lack of time, you know, lack of time so people would all travel together in d- different Generally, and it's been very successful and it's just worked. It's working very well. And do you
0: for work or even just for Flanshire visit other hotels when you go abroad and have a look around? Oh absolutely,
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a terror for it and you yeah. know what, Maria, my wife says to me, for God's sake, will you just just a chill <laughs> just switch off <laughs> But you know, you can't. It's, it's yeah. like, it's an all-absorbing thing. Everything you do, you look at, you look at the way people do different things. You learn, obviously. Mm-hmm. The good, the bad as well. So you, you say, gosh, no, I wouldn't do that. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm a devil for it. Or, you know, lifting the plate and seeing further, you know.
0: <laughs> Is there, Mark, a Dremoland way of doing things? You mentioned the way you train your own staff and you don't want them to be too robotic like might be in other hotels. Is there a Dremoland way of doing things?
1: Do you know, it, It's funny. It, it's nearly, Pat, I know this sounds ridiculous, it's by osmosis. I, I think certainly if what we do is we we, we we shadow, if somebody joins us for two weeks, they really have no involvement, active involvement one-on-one with the guests, but they will shadow follow one of their peer sets. As I say, it's like osmosis. They learn They learn yes. the way we do business. The way we conduct ourselves is not, you know, you can't write it down on paper. It's not in a bottle. It's it, it's it, it soaks, and it's funny, people have come and then left us and say, gosh, we're so sorry we left the hotel. You know, employees, they just, they realise they got it when they'd left. But, you know, it, yeah. is, it is that kind of a process. We do, we, now, obviously, we've got to have rules and regulations, and we have, you know, SOP, Standards of Performance, in everything we do. But, I mean, they're broad sweep. The real part of it is um, what you deliver yourself in yes. terms of your own personality.
0: Now, you mentioned earlier staff and staff are the backbone of any organisation. To have a staff member stay with an organisation for so long says a lot about the organisation.
1: I suppose it does. I mean, yeah, amazingly funny. I was having a conversation with two brothers, two of our porters, Mike and John O'Connor. Very well-known characters, great, great individuals, just hearts of gold, you know, and, and just lines for the industry. But we were chatting the other day and between the three of us sitting there, we were talking we have over 100 years service between the, the, the three of us, which is stunning. Yes. I mean, you know, in an industry which is historically very much a transfer, you, you spend a year or two and you know, our turnover, our labour turnover from a technical point of view was 13%, which is you know, incredibly low people yeah, we say like hotel what is the song you, you can check in but you can't check yes. out <laughs> it seems to be kind of our motto to a certain extent yeah. and, and
0: keeping staff of course obviously works in your favour because when customers come back and say hello John or hello Michael or whatever it is yeah. it, they're at home
1: and it's that sense and I think that will become even more critical part you know in the next couple of years where people want that familiarity that comfort the the, the feeling that you know we're, we're we're just going to look after them in the best way we can
0: Mark Nolan has been managing Drumoland Castle for 32 years, a rare enough achievement in the industry, and only recently oversaw a €20 million euro investment in the property. And the hotel spends a seven-figure sum each year to ensure the castle is kept up to
1: standard. Yeah, even, even after a major refurbishment, and even after the year that we've had, we've still earmarked uh, between ourselves between the castle and the inn at Drumoland we're going to spend over a million just keeping the, the castle in, 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 in the way it should for a discerning uh, guests. And obviously our competition in this particular five-star level with Ashford and Adair, there's huge competition out there. Uh, but it's all good. It's brought a new markets to Ireland. And I think it's certainly really going to pay dividends for us in the coming years when things sort out. But we're ready. The, con- the castle has never been in better condition and everything works. You know, <laughs> a, which is a, you know you open, you open turn on a tap and water appears yes, and your yes. hot water and your TV works and your yeah. telephone works so it's, it's a great comfort I suppose to have
0: and how do you maintain the quality of the product to ensure that you get the repeat business <clears throat> and I'm sure you have customers who come back over and over again to keep them happy to ensure that when they walk in they're not disappointed how do you maintain and keep that five star product fresh
1: yeah. I suppose we, we're, we're always looking. Uh, we're always looking at adv- advancements, not only in Ireland, but throughout the world as to what people are doing and see if there's an option for us to maybe develop something there. But it's funny, Pat, no matter what we spend on the property, the one thing that people and the way we get repeat customers is about our own people. And repeatedly people say, oh, the castle was beautiful, but you know what made it special? to your people. Of course. And And we've had quite an investment in terms of training, but we don't want to... I mean, in some properties, they overtrain. I feel they overtrain and it becomes a little bit robotic. We don't. We we pick, we would interview people with personality. We always feel we can teach the skill set. So, what we want are characters. Um, you know, sometimes it can be frustrating when you're very busy and they talk, but we like to get people that talk. They, yes. You know, to yes. make that kind of family feel. And another kind of interesting thing we introduced, Pat, about uh, two or three years ago is kind of a pyramid of empowerment. It means that every staff member, from somebody that's working in the wash-up to the managing director, can make a gesture to a guest. If they see them, and quite a few, you know, our staff coming in and out, you might meet a guest in the garden and, you know, they just have a chat. Or if you establish something about them that we didn't know, that they're celebrating a special occasion that for some reason might have slipped through, yeah. they'll send them a glass of wine or do something like that. And it's great because... The one thing I've learned in my 32 years here yeah. is that the small gesture means the big the big thing. Uh, people pay 1500 2000 to stay here a night, but if they got a complimentary glass of wine from somebody that they met, a staff member... That's what they'll remember.
0: The personal touch.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Always. touch
0: It's not just the physical structure of the castle and the turrets and all that. It's a huge estate, lake, golf course. Yeah. And this is all, of course, part of the product. We have archery here and you have so many things. You have to keep it fresh, as we said earlier, keep people coming back. What else is here apart from the, the physical structure of the building?
1: Well, you know, from a, and one thing that we would say uh, North Americans keep on saying to us, we're so sorry we didn't stay longer by virtue of the fact that we're right beside Shannon Airport, a lot of people say, well, we stay there the first night. But when they get here, they find out there's so much. 18-hole championship golf course. We've got a floodlit golf academy. You can play golf until 10 o'clock at night if you want to. Archery, clay target shooting. We've wonderful bike trails that we've just developed fairly recently. Obviously, the, thing, the things that you'd expect. We've a great spa, Elemas Spa, product within the, in, within the castle. Swimming pool, sauna, steam. Great trails as well, and we've a pony and trap ride of one hour historic trail. There's just so much to do.
0: On the the VVIPs, the very important people, yeah. we're standing someplace where two of the Beatles. Now this is before your time, obviously. You know yeah. they
1: opened the castle for the Beatles. That was when they opened it after refurbishment when uh, Brendan O'Regan took it over. And the, now the word on the street and apparently it's well documented uh, that the word went around that the Beatles were coming so they had to take them out in a laundry basket did you hear that story no <laughs> that they couldn't get them out the place was mobbed by screaming wow. teenagers and so they took them out in a laundry basket the, that's the story anyway
0: <laughs> and there is that iconic photograph is it was John Lennon and George Harrison that's right yeah. sword down fighting.
1: here playing croquet down there, literally just where yeah. they're doing the archery there as you see
0: yeah and on the steps here sword fighting is sword right. fighting yeah other famous people who have been here then.
1: Well, we've had most uh, North American presidents it's funny you mentioned Bush. I remember the funny things that you, you know, the security. I, I can say this safely now, but I remember George Bush at the time because he was fairly controversial uh, president because of the Middle East and all that was going on at the time. But anyway, we were all vetted and we had to, you know, for two days before. I lived literally in Ballygreen House, a lovely house directly, across from the front from gate uh, of Tremolin Castle. And for two days before it, I, had to, I used to have to drive into the village I'd get picked up by a coach, brought back in again, brought back down to the bed. It was a real pain in the neck, you know. I mean, yeah. but anyway, um, on the, on the day of the visit, same thing again. We're waiting. Everything's delayed. Shannon Airport. I see my wife drive up here, full with the car, full of kids, or our kids and our neighbours' kids, and she came around the front. I said, Jesus, me, how did you get in here?" She said, "I told them you were you were my husband, and here's me commuting
0: from the village." Tremoland Castle has hosted many world leaders, including the late President of Zimbabwe, Robert Mugabe, the President of the People's Republic of China, when he served as Vice President, and US Presidents George W. Bush and Bill Clinton. Despite the massive security headache associated with such visits, having a US President in particular stay at Tremoland is good for business.
1: Yeah, I suppose, and I think particularly when the President... Was a popular president. Uh, Certainly a a less than popular president doesn't always have that wonderful potential to generate business for you in the future. But it is hugely disruptive to the hotel. I mean, that would be that particular Bush visit was one of because I had actually way back in the day in 1984, I'd overseen a Reagan's visit who stayed in Ashford Castle at the time. I was the deputy GM there, so I I looked after that. So I'm kind of a bit of a history on presidents. But he, his was difficult in the respect that um, the hotel was full. It was very short lead in time, and I had to relocate a, lot, a full hotel worth of business. But fortunately, of North American corporations, and um, some of them had done, had benefited maybe from the Bush administration. So yes. we managed to clear they, the water. They were understanding. But a lot of sleepless nights trying yeah. to clear, trying to clear out the Bill hotel. Bill
0: Clinton as well. Muhammad Ali.
1: Muhammad Ali, uh, wonderful, a, wa- a wonderful character. So we had an afternoon tea here and we invited about 250 people down the Brian Baru. And uh, yeah, he was a wonderful character. Funny, the one person, Pat, that I, that, well, well, there were two people that I, I would say, you know, when you, you meet somebody and you say, gosh, you can feel the, the a presence. Nelson Mandela was somebody that I would say to me was just extraordinary. Everybody, of course, all the staff wanted to meet him and yes. he wanted to meet all the staff. And yes. he went into the kitchen and he thanked everybody for helping him. My daughter, one of the great memories I have, I suppose, is fortune when you're in this business. But my daughter, Gillian, who was, I think, about six at the time, presented him with a, a, a posy of flowers as he got. It, it's just one of those beautiful pictures that he's kind of bending down. And you can wow. see he's just interested in talking. He was coming to um, do some guest lectures, in, he, was a, he was a guest of Tony Riley. Uh, at the time, yes. and he was doing some guest lectures in uh, O'Reilly Hall in, in in Dublin. But yeah, he the other person was uh, Bill Clinton. And you 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 could coming up the steps, and you could just feel, gosh, you you could feel that power and awe about the man.
0: Meeting all these people, Mark, it disrupts your lives in many ways, but it's great, and it's great that you know that this castle can attract people like that of that calibre.
1: Yeah, certainly is, and I suppose one of the things that make it an obvious place for them to stay is our proximity to Shannon Airport. You know, that's a key element, and indeed a key a key part of our business, uh, which is critical to us. And I'm hoping we're all hoping that we'll see a quick recovery to Shannon Airport because it definitely needs that support. It's been a fabulous airport for both the hospitality industry, the whole Wild Atlantic Way and the whole development of the west coast of Ireland. So we're hoping that the government will give good support when, it, when it's going to be badly needed to get Shannon back up on its feet. One of the challenges will be, I think for the airline industry in general, is that. They will, you know, initially they will have to pick, obviously, and it's, a, it's an obvious a business model, they'll have to pick the high yield and the high occupancy rates in their seats. So it may gravitate more towards capitals initially. But I think there's a, there's a very clear case for the, for the west coast of Ireland to have Shannon Airport because there are people that want to just fly to the west coast of Ireland. So and I hope we'll get the support we need to make sure that there's good balanced growth from a hospitality point of view. To find out
0: more about Drumoland Castle and all that we have to offer, visit drumoland.ie or find us on Facebook or Instagram. You can listen to If These Walls Could Talk on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And we look forward to welcoming you soon.